Hey, C3 family. I miss y'all. I want to see y'all. But right now, I'm stuck in South Carolina. Hey, C3. Happy Father's Day. I love you, Daddy. Happy Father's Day. Thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interposed His precious blood Oh, to grace how great a debtor Hi, C3. Uh, I miss seeing all of your bright and shiny faces when I greet you in Sunday mornings uh, before church. But um, 
Happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, in our praise and worship this morning, um, the call to worship, I just wanted to read you a quick verse from Psalm 68, 3 through 6. It says, But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families, and he leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Just thought it'd be a appropriate verse on Father's Day, and just wanted to uh, encourage you to praise and worship the Lord today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, welcome to Christ Community Church. I'm Chris. Happy Father's Day to you guys out there and to Justin Moore. Happy Father's Day, Zach Smith. Happy Father's Day, Chris. Larry Ray, Sherry Ray. Happy Father's Day, Sean. Sorry, bud. <laughs> we're so glad you guys have joined us this week. Um, we're going to play some songs, and uh, we encourage you guys to sing along with us and worship with us. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments? Spot the solid white as snow. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? So cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? your garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
Thank you, gentlemen. That was great. That was a, a, you, a new rendition of Loss of the Blood. The washing the Blood. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, happy Welcome. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thank you. So we are going to talk today about um, fathers, maybe, but mostly people of influence, influencers. Yeah. Uh, what the what the kids are calling it these days. And I want to open <laughs> with a quick passage from a poet that you have probably heard of before, T.S. Eliot. You read T.S. Eliot. Do you remember maybe in high school reading the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock? Do you mm, remember? Mm, yes, I do. Or maybe a portion of The Wasteland. Um, he's a modernist. Or the play, The Cat, In Cats. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, no So the, the yeah. musical Cats <laughs> is from the writings of... T.S. Eliot. Well done. Yes. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well, in the early part of T.S. Eliot's life was during the war, um, and he, World War I actually, and he was quite um, uh, down about the state of the world. Imagine that. <laughs> and man's cruelty to one another and those issues. And his, so his writings, early, his early writings were rather somber. Um, Pessimistic. And, and yeah. maybe even depressive. Mm-hmm. But later in his life, he became a Christian, a, a member of the Church of England, and he wrote, his writing changed significantly, and he wrote a very major piece called The Four Quartets. And I'm going to read just a little passage of one of the four quartets. It's not simple reading, but it's, it's short, and I want you to listen to the paradox uh, that T.S. Eliot gives us in this idea in The Four Quartets. Okay, he's talking about Christ. And he says this, the wounded surgeon plies the steel that questions the distempered part. Beneath the bleeding hands, we feel the sharp compassion of the healer's art, resolving the enigma of the fever chart. It's a hard passage. But in there, there are some beautiful phrases, paradoxical phrases, a wounded surgeon So the person who is taking care of my distempered part has himself been wounded. Mm. While I might bleed under the hands of a surgeon, his hands also bleed. And resolve the paradox, the enigma of healing. Mm. Healing from brokenness is who Christ is is and and who T.S. Eliot is bringing to us here. Um, as, as Christ. And then he goes mm. on to say, the surgery of life hurts. It helps me, though, to know that the surgeon himself, the wounded surgeon, has felt every pain, every stab of pain, and every sorrow. So the idea mm. here of Jesus is one who, who influences us, who, who brings us healing, but not, it's not simple. Mm. And it comes through his, his, own own, his own suffering, his yeah. own brokenness, his own pain that brings us to, to, to healing. Mm. Yeah. See why I married her? Ah. Mm. Thank you. Thank it's you. really T.S. Eliot. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yes. Um, good morning. I do want to uh, honor the day being Father's Day, and I, I want to talk about dads and other people who desire to be influencers. Uh, I want to start off by just asking you a question. 
What quality do all of these people that I'm about to mention, all these true world influencers, if you will, what quality do they all share? I read a very interesting article in the New York Times a long time ago about, about world influencers. And uh, they included these people in the list. Uh, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi, Teddy Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, George Patton, Walt Disney, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Bill Gates, Dolly Parton, Ariana, I hope I'm saying that right, Ariana Huffington from the Huffington Post, Colin Powell, and Mary Kay Ash. Now, I didn't come up with that list. That came from uh, uh, an article uh, in the Times, but um, they included those people uh, in, a, in a group that, and they, the, the article suggested that they all shared uh, a certain quality. Uh, very different people with different methods, styles, personalities, goals, different areas of expertise, different skills, strengths, mistakes, weaknesses, different levels of popularity, and different levels of success. And yet, uh, by reputation and by the testimony of their peers and their coworkers, they all share a certain quality. And each of those people uh, share the quality of leading by example. They were people that led by example. They were showers more than tellers. They showed people how to live rather than telling people how to live. And I found that intriguing. Um, what a contrast to most of the people in our world today um, who would consider themselves or have the desire to be world influencers, politicians, CEOs of corporations. What a contrast to the majority of these people today who are clearly more tellers than showers. They have a different set of standards, expectations, and demands for those that they're trying to influence than they do for themselves. A different uh, system of reward for themselves than for those that, th that they're trying to lead. Um, I think of the, you know, the people in Washington trying to uh, work on the healthcare system of our country. Whether or not you agree or disagree that it needs to be revamped, um, I wonder uh, the people that are working on that. How's their health care? Hmm. Uh, pay raises and pay cuts for those that would be influencers and leaders versus those that they're trying to influence and lead. Compensation packages when retiring or being fired for themselves versus those that they're trying to influence and lead. Most of the people today that I have ever 
known anything about or read anything about. Um, most leadership today, most influencers today, it's top-down leadership and influence, authoritarian leadership and influence. It's leadership and influence from a distance. It's people that push and use rather than working shoulder to shoulder, side by side. People that would say, you should listen to me and follow me because of my position, the fact that I'm the boss, I possess the authority. Uh, how different um, that set of people that I mentioned earlier, that list of people from the kind of leaders that we see and hear today. I want to read a passage to you from John 13. Jesus um, is speaking here to his disciples, to those that he is leading, to those that he is influencing. And here's what he says in John 13. This is the night before he died, and he's having a last supper with his disciples up in the upper room. And uh, here's what he says. He's just washed their feet. He's, he's gotten up from the table, and he's possessed the lowest position or role in the, the room, uh, the one that washes the feet of the others. Uh, he takes off his robe, wraps a towel around his waist, and he washes each of their feet. You know that story. And then he sits back down and he says this. <clears throat> you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right to do so, because that's who I am. And since I, your, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. Remember, slaves are not greater than their master. If you embrace these things, you will experience God's blessings in all that you do. That's an incredible statement. If you follow this model of leadership, he says you will experience God's blessings in all that you do. Jesus could not have led and influenced and impacted people more differently than the, 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 the average leader and influencer that we're aware of today. He could not have led and influenced people more differently than the leaders of today. No person in history has influenced more people for as long a period of time in such profound ways as Jesus Christ. And yet he led people, he influenced people by one simple philosophy, one simple strategy. Follow me. Follow me. Discipleship by observation. Influence by example. And humility. And humility. Yes, thank you. Well, it's the paradox, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, that a leader would lead by humbling himself and placing himself as a servant to those that he's trying it to lead. It goes against our nature. Yes, yes. 
Um, and you see it, this idea of leading by example, running through the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus. The way he met people, when he began his leadership role and ministry, when he turned 30 years old, when he would meet people and invite them to follow him, how did he start that off? What was the very first thing he would say is, follow me. Just follow, not listen to me, not obey me, just simply follow me. The last night before he died on the cross, when you would think Jesus would be uttering uh, some of the most important words that he would say to his disciples, I don't want you to forget this. Of all the things I've said, this is what I want you to remember. What did he say? Follow my example. Do as I have done. Then uh, uh, 40 days later, when Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, and it literally the last thing that he's going to say to his disciples before he goes back to heaven, he says to Peter, Peter, follow me. Follow me. Jesus led, he influenced, he impacted other people by this simple principle of inviting people to watch his life and just do what he did. Now, where would he have learned something like that? Mm -hmm. Where would he have gotten such an idea that we impact people and influence people the most significantly by simply inviting them to watch our lives? They learned it from his dad. He told his disciples, <clears throat> he said, I can only do what I have seen my father doing. That's in John chapter 5. God the Father taught his son the most powerful way to influence and impact other people. To just watch me do what I'm doing. Jesus still leads by this same principle. He still leads us, even today, by example. Shirley? Yeah, so there's a passage um, by the writer Dorothy, and theologian Dorothy Sayers, you may have heard of her, that uh, speaks to that. Mm -hmm. She says this, For whatever reason, God chose to make man as he is, limited and suffering and subject to sorrows and death. God had the honesty and courage to take his own medicine. Mm. Whatever game he is playing with creation, he has kept his own rules and played fair. Mm. He can exact nothing from man that he has not exacted from himself. He has himself gone through the whole human experience. From the trivial irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard work and lack of money to the worst horrors of pain and humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. When he was a man, he played the man. Mm. He was born in poverty and died in disgrace and thought it well worthwhile. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. He didn't create and then abandon. Yes. And he didn't create and then invite those that he created to live by a different standard than he was willing to live by. And the fact that he is the king of the universe that, that lowered himself. That's the paradox. That's the enigma yes. of, the, yes. of the story. Do, do you get what uh, my wife was reading and saying, what Dorothy Sayers was saying? Uh, Jesus still leads by example. 
He doesn't ask us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. And he hasn't added words to that text. No, over that, the years. that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so I hear people saying, you know, why would God put me in a place of loneliness? I don't know. But he lived a life of loneliness as well. Shame, suffering, betrayal, poverty, loss, rejection, family turmoil, the, 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 the uh, command to forgive and love your enemies, uh, uh, a willingness to uh, be told no when you ask your father for something. Why would God place us in each of those very difficult uh, unpleasant, uh, distasteful situations at, at different times in our lives? I don't know the answer, but I can tell you this. Jesus embraced every one of those roles. He did not ask us, he did not ask you to do anything or go through anything or experience anything that he wasn't willing to go through and experience himself. And that, therefore... It becomes meaningful. Yes. Every experience. Exactly. Yeah, becomes significant. That's becomes exactly significant. right. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we know this to be true. There are people in each of our lives that have influenced and impacted us profoundly, not because of what they said, but because of the, of the example of their life. I can think of several people, one in particular, uh, and I'm not trying to get into politics here, so please hear me well when I say that. Good. But I think I think of somebody like Jimmy Carter. I was a teenager, I think, when Jimmy Carter was the president. I can't tell you. I know that he was from Georgia. I know he was a governor. I know that he was a Democrat. Um, I think he had sort of a goofy brother, if I remember all that correctly. Um, I, I don't really know much about him. And I can tell you this. I don't know one policy that he emphasized. I don't know of one law that was passed under his presidency. I know nothing about Jimmy Carter and his presidency. But I can tell you this. I know that ha creating housing for the homeless, for those without homes, is important because I watched him and his wife for years out building homes for people that needed a place to live. That example, that visible example has impacted me profoundly. I think of uh, Pope Francis. Uh, uh, 20 years ago, it, you would have been hard-pressed, if not impossible, to find a, a leader in the Catholic Church, a bishop or a cardinal, that did not live in residences of great luxury, including the Pope. Pope Francis comes to the role of Pope, and without an edict, without a sermon, without... Uh, a, 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 a message that was sent out to all the, the cardinals and the bishops. Without any of that, he moved from his residence of luxury into a very humble 
simple residence. Over the years of him living in that, today, I read an article just recently that said that today you are hard-pressed to find a cardinal or a bishop that still lives in a residence of luxury. Leading by example, not edict, not authority, not pushing and bullying and yelling, just living the life that you think is important and that you would like others to consider and embrace as well. I think of Princess Diana and her uh, example of uh, trying to make the situation of children in Africa better. I think of Mother Teresa, and I think of very uh, other well-known people that through their example, they have made the world a better place. Not so much what we remember them saying, but what we remember watching them do, how they lived out their life, and it stays with us. I read my Bible every day. Those of you that know me know that to be true. I've done so every day for 42 years. The reason I do that is primarily because of my wife's dad. My, her, I've known her father since I was in the sixth grade. Bless his heart. Um, uh, for th that entire time, since the sixth grade, I watched that. He never once told me that I needed to read my Bible. But every morning as the sun went up, you would catch him or find him reading his Bible and praying on his knees. And that influence, that impact, watching that example has changed my life for good. Without ever saying a word, he changed my life and led me to believe and embrace something that has made my life better. And I could go on and on and on with other examples. Um, what a huge lesson for dads and moms and anyone else that wants to be a person of influence. I just want to end today by um, just being very transparent with you. Uh, I have my wife and I have a daughter, and uh, we love to be in parents. We loved rearing her. Um, my wife was an incredible mom, and uh, I'm not saying she was perfect, but she did it pretty great. And I tried hard. You, I didn't do as good as, as she did or as well as she did, but I, I get an E for effort. I tried hard to be a good father to her. But as I evaluate my parenting skills when my daughter lived at home with us. Uh, I just was thinking not too long ago about if I could do it over again, what would I do differently? I want to tell you quickly three things that I would do differently. Uh, number one, if I could reparent my daughter, um, I would minimize, try very hard to avoid nagging. I would try to avoid anger, power struggles, and the use of authority. Those are not effective. People's lives are not changed long-term for good using an abundance of words, using authority, using anger, and using power struggles to try to influence people. 
The Bible repeatedly appeals to us to realize that. Proverbs chapter 10 says, Where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children. And the literal idea there is, don't nag your children to death. What that means is don't keep nagging them until they wished they were dead. Zechariah chapter 4 says, It's not by might or by power, but by God's Spirit that things are changed long term for good. In James chapter 1, the Lord's brother says, Human anger does not produce a righteous life. And there's too many verses in Proverbs to to, to mention them all, but let me just summarize a number of verses that all say the same thing. Remember that the Bible was written in a desert environment, in a desert climate. It was written by people that understood and lived in a desert surrounding, okay? And this is what they said in Proverbs. Life is better on a roof's edge Life is better in an attic. Life is better living out in the desert. Life is better living on bread and water than in an environment of anger and strife. What's what's the writer of, of Proverbs saying there? Anything is better than living in a home full of anger, strife, and conflict. And yet we we think that we can influence our children most profoundly and effectively by being angry at them, having these power struggles and these, these continual moments of conflict and through the abundance of words, just nagging and nagging and nagging and somehow we're going to change our children's lives for good. I did that. I'm guilty of that. I was wrong for doing that. I regret that and I wish that I could do it differently. And I appeal to you to consider that. We should minimize and avoid nagging and authority and anger and power struggles. They don't work effectively. Second thing that I would do differently if I could is instead of focusing on all those ineffective methods of parenting and influence, I would focus instead on living out in front of my daughter what's really important to me. It's crazy when you consider it. The unbelievable power of just a consistent life, consistent behavior being demonstrated in front of us. It it impacts us in amazing ways. The power of living a life that is just day in and day out the same. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, it still impacts us in significant and profound and lasting ways. People spend billions of dollars every year trying to thwart that principle. People go to therapists and spend billions of dollars every year 
trying to get the consistent behavior of their parents out of their lives to stop impacting and controlling uh, their lives in negative ways. Oh, the power of living a life day in and day out that demonstrates what matters, what is superior, what truly is worthwhile. And the third thing that I would do differently if I could is rather than uh, spending my days and weeks and months and years as a parent living in fear that I'm not doing it well, I'm not doing it enough, I'm not focusing on, the, on this or that issue, oh, that I instead would just learn to trust God's Word and what it says to be true. God tells me that if I'll focus on sowing good seed, I will demonstrate in front of my daughter a life that I believe is superior, a life that I believe focuses on what's true and lasting. If I'll focus on sowing good seed, God is responsible to make sure that a good harvest will result. Oh, that I had spent my time learning to trust God's promises, that if I'll sow what's right, God will be responsible for creating a good harvest in the life of my daughter. He says this in Galatians 6, don't be deceived. You can't mock God's justice. You'll always harvest what you plant. And then I read earlier in John 13, where Jesus says, I've given you an example to do as I have done. I promise you that no servant is greater than his master. If you follow my example, you lead and influence as I have done, you will experience God's blessings in all that you do. And that includes the parenting of our children. Oh, that we would spend time showing our children what the mold looks like rather than spending all of our time and energy trying to force them into a mold. Parenting by example. Parenting by example. Do you know it's the only parenting technique that I know that allows me to stay in control the reason I had power struggled with my, with my daughter, the reason I had conflict with my daughter is there were times when I felt like I was out of control. I wasn't, I, she would not do what I wanted, so I felt out of control and it made me fearful and it made me angry. But if I'll parent by example, I stay in control because no one can keep me from living out a life that reflects my values and priorities. My child can't, my mate can't, my ex can't, my child's step-parent can't. No one can keep me from living out a life that reflects what I believe to be truly important. No one can stop me from displaying in front of my child what is true and good and right and wise. There's nothing more important then you and I, if we're going to be people of influence, if we're going to be effective parents, there's nothing more important 
than deciding what truly is important, what truly matters, what will truly last, and then deciding to consistently live that out in front of those that we want to influence. Do we really believe that reading the Bible every day and praying is a quality that will change our children's lives long-term for good? Teaching them to ask forgiveness and give forgiveness, not by telling them they ought to do it, but by demonstrating it in front of them. Displaying in front of them the quality of loving and serving our mate. The importance of just reading. My wife has demonstrated it. I read today, every day, for several hours. I do that for one reason and one reason only. Because my wife has demonstrated in front of me for, I don't know, well, we've been married 39 years. For 39 years, uh, she has demonstrated in front of me the importance of reading. It leads to a superior life. She didn't tell me to read. She just demonstrated it in front of me. Loving the poor, loving your enemies, telling the truth, being thankful, not disparaging or being fearful of people that are different than I am. Admitting that I need help, asking for help, being a giver rather than a taker. Aren't those the qualities that we would all agree lead to a superior, successful, happy life? But rather than verbally telling our children, that's how you ought to live. Oh, the power of just demonstrating those qualities in front of them for 18 years before they go out into the world. Oh, the power of those very qualities to haunt them and chase them and nag them. Not our words, but our behavior. And ultimately, get inside them and impact how they live. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to end the service today with uh, just the celebration of the Lord's Supper. And I would just say to you as parents, uh, on Father's Day, um, what a great opportunity to take some wine or juice and some bread and to demonstrate in front of your children, we believe in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. It's what He did on the cross that has led to our forgiveness and the adoption into God's family, and we eat and drink to declare this. Oh, that we would do that in sincerity in front of our children to show them what we believe. And that's what we're going to do right now. Thank you so much for being with us today. Bless you. May the Lord bless you, you and all those that you love. Amen. In my mother's room, you formed me with your hands. Known and loved by you Before I took a breath When I doubted, Lord, remind me 
How wonderfully made You're an artist and a potter I'm the canvas and the clay You make all things work together For my future and for my good you make all things work together for your glory and for your name there's a just beyond the clouds Though I've walked through fire I see clearly now I know nothing has been wasted No failure or mistake You're an artist and a potter I'm the canvas and the clay work together for my future and for my good you make all things work together for your glory Doubt and Lord, remind me how wonderfully made you're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay, and I know nothing has been wasted, no failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay, you make all things. We're together for my future and for my good. You make all things work together for your glory and for your name. And you make all things work together. For my future And for my good And you make all things And work together And for your glory And for your name And you make all things Work together For my future for my good and you make all things work together for your glory and for your name all 
All right, we are done for this week. Thanks again for joining us. We're Christ Community Church. We'll be back here, Facebook Live and YouTube Live at 1015 next week. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Am I missing anything? All right, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week.